White Sox fan? No, no. <laughs> all sports other than all, all sports teams in Chicago other than that one. But, uh, you know. Just one on the right. The big four. Yeah, the big four. I don't, I don't like to boo my guests. But, you know. Over 200,000 businesses running this. All the fat type. Or fat type. What did I say? What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if any of the operations that you're doing require the use of an outside processor or subcontract vendor, mm -hmm. that is not supported with assembly. Don't be afraid to talk to your partner. Today, we're drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh, oh, oh. I want to know why uh, Jim picked this beer over the other one. Because I really think it resembled, you know, my personality more than <laughs> anything else. Level three, Knuckles has been dispatched. <laughs> He's on his way. I think one of the benefits and detriments all at the same time is the visibility that it gave us into our actual data. Welcome to another edition of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. Welcome everybody to A Shot of Business Central and a Beer podcast. This month we got a jam-packed feature uh, uh, lined up for you guys. With uh, We've got some a bunch of great news. We're going to be uh, talking to a cyber intrusion specialist by the name of Keith Stefanski. Um, we're going to be re reviewing a a wonderful app by KumaVision. So without further ado, how is everybody doing? Ken, Good. Keith, how's Good. it how's going? Doing well. Doing Glad good. to have Keith here with us today. I'm excited to talk about cybersecurity a little bit and, and how it, uh, what small and mid-sized businesses should be doing uh, to keep themselves protected uh, in this day and age of cyber attacks and ransomware attacks and things like that. Yeah, because unfortunately, cybercrime is 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 on the rise. I guess uh, so much so that cyber intrusions have increased a whopping four hundred percent during the age of COVID. So interesting. Believe it. Yeah, that's why. That's why we're bringing in the uh, best cybercrime fighting Superman that we know. <laughs> criminals are stuck in their stuck at home because yeah. of quarantine, so they got nothing better to do than hack businesses' servers. Yeah. I guess, huh? Well, and you have more people working outside of these uh, outside of networks um, in insecure locations like people's houses and coffee shops. Uh -huh. A lot more than, than we used to be when everyone was tied to their office where you have all this extra security in place. So more vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. It's throwing in a, a different wrench that uh, a lot of companies weren't uh, weren't planning on this quickly. Um, so before we jump into cyber crime, though, we've got to talk about the uh, special beer that uh, Keith picked out for this us. This is a special beer. This is special. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is it considered a beer or no? It's, it's a it's a malt beverage. Oh, I'm just bad. They're thousands picking out stuff. So it's a premium. It's a premium. premium. There you go. And and they've removed the gluten. Yes. Oh, it's gluten free. free. It's gluten free, uh, and it does not have any caffeine in it. Wow. Uh, seems like a healthy beverage here. It's gonna help out with the boyish figure. <laughs> so I like it. You know, we're venturing outside of our normal, uh, you know, yeah. beers. Uh, but it's Memorial Day weekend. We're heading into the summer. Nice warm weather. It's yeah. a nice, crisp, refreshing beverage. There you go. Maybe we should let the audience know what we're drinking. Mike's hard lemonade. We, have, <laughs> we haven't said it yet. We're all looking at it. We're all drinking it. Yeah. Yes. Actually, 5% alcohol. Yes, I was going to say that. It's probably a little higher than most of your beers you guys are yeah. uh, usually reviewing on the show. 
Yeah, yeah. A four, what is it, like a Miller Lite or something? It's like a 4.2 four. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I'll be honest. I, I like Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know if I've ever seen it in a can before. Yeah, this is definitely know. something new. For sure, I haven't seen them in the in these, these, these the bottles. Like, yeah, tall, yeah, cans. yeah, these tall. Yeah, I think this is uh, you know, just something new marketing new design. Yeah, yeah. The new a lot trend. of those new seltzers and everything are coming in these little cans. That's so they right. to, Don't change anything in the drink. Just uh, change the can, and everybody. Uh, it's got to be cheaper to produce. I would think. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down think. to, right? Yeah. New packaging. And it's definitely yeah. less in it because the cans, the uh, the uh, bottles are usually sixteen or something. So yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're usually sixteen. And I, I picked these up at, at Benny's, and I, I gotta tell you, it was uh, there were not there was not much of it left. Yeah. Um, I oh, think there was only maybe two yeah. Yeah. two of these twelve packs, and I got had to pick up a twelve pack. Yeah. Um, it was yeah a lot. Uh, of, it was really picked through. Yeah. yeah, and we're testing out the, the regular lemonade today, which is the classic, but they have many of flavors, I'll tell you that much. You, yeah. Go ahead, the party pack. <laughs> so like a berry or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah, you name it. Cranberry, lemonade. They Everything? Got all, oh, yeah, you name it. So what we do is, at the end of the segment, we'll rate the beers. Okay. And if it's 50 or below, it means you can't have more than one. You won't. You don't want another one. Yeah. Which I, I, he, I don't know if, I don't think any of us are going to rate it that yeah. low. Maybe Ken. He's a traditional. Yeah. Beer. It's tasty. Yeah, it's actually good though because I think that this is something that we've all had before, right? Usually we get yeah. beers we've never had, yeah. and you don't know what's going to happen to it. But, yeah. So it's kind of consistent. Well, yeah. and yeah, as we talked with over the over the years now, we've been doing this, right? It's kind of difficult to get a different uh, choice. This this is a unique uh, choice, so definitely. definitely something we haven't done before. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Keith. You know, maybe how long you've been with uh, SSI or whatever, maybe a favorite hobby, something. Yeah, like. so uh, going on 25 years at Solution Systems. Uh, so I've been here, yeah, a little bit. Seen a lot of uh, change, <laughs> definitely, when it comes to cybersecurity stuff. Um, it's uh, been a world of change in that time. Um, you know, I could say a Chicago native, you know, sports guy, so... White Sox fan? No, no. All, all sports, other than all, all sports teams in Chicago, other than that one. But uh, you know, just one on the right. Big four. Big four. I don't, I don't like to boo my guests, but you know, the big four. The big four, you know. But you got those small market teams like the White Sox. You know, we got to support still. But uh, having a good year though. Yeah, they are. They are. Hopefully, they both will. So that'll be an interesting summer. So yeah, sports a big thing. Um, definitely yeah. is one of my big hobbies and. So what's your what's your current role at, at SSI? I am in charge of our IT uh, division, IT uh, infrastructure, nice. you know, cloud services management uh, team. So like over the years, twenty five years, a long time, like you mentioned, um, how how has your the day to day changed in terms of like what things you're doing from twenty twenty five years ago to over the last couple of years? Wow, yeah, it's night and day. Yeah, night and day difference. Uh, um, I mean, just, uh, I mean, anybody that knows that's in the industry, you know, nothing stays the same very long. So you take that 25 years and the stuff you look back at, you know, uh, no one's using, it's in the garbage, it's not even, you know, yeah. systems weren't connected, interconnected nowhere near as much as now, right? I mean, uh, uh, the good and the bad are coming with this, right? I mean, we're, we're all able to tie in together so much easier and, and grab data so much faster, but then that comes into the bad guys or somebody else being able to to get to that data just as quick as you are yeah um and just accessible so just different same problems you know just different different different, different things yeah. yeah yeah just happening at different times and, and different things 
So there's there's many different types of, of cyber attacks going around the world right now. And uh, one of them, ransomware, seems to be the worst kind. And it's basically on the top of everybody's mind because of what happened in, in the South with the, with the pipeline and whatnot. So what exactly is a ransomware attack for, for people who don't know? I guess the first thing I would, I would say um, is a ransomware attack is usually not just a, it isn't the actual vulner, isn't the actual attack. Um, they're usually delivered um, through a different means, whether it be through a Trojan or some other kind of malware infection is what usually gets them into your system. Um, and then the ransomware itself uh, is, is pretty, um, um, discreet in that it's it's it doesn't look to regular antiviruses and regular spyware scanners don't look doesn't look like a threat because it's 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 not it, it's just a it's just a program out there um and, and the thing is is then those those people are using that to then see what you have and where you are and what you're doing and then being able to, to see at what point they can launch this attack once they have the credentials once they have the information they need so it's disguised well and it could be sitting on yes. your server whatever it is for a long for, time for a good amount of time for, for sure it could be sitting out there and and waiting till it got the proper permissions that it needed to be able to to do a successful uh, attack so are there some that where it's like a completely automated thing so it, it, it it's like an infection it gets into the network and then it just starts doing a thing or are there some where it gets into your system and then there's like actually someone who's sitting somewhere yes. doing stuff yeah no both both yes for sure um you know we see with you know just just to kind of throw it out there right off the top you know off of this is that these aren't tied to the big businesses that we we're talking about you know um the pipeline they, they get in the news uh, everybody, everybody out there, it's just um, is vulnerable to these types of attacks. And um, the differences are is most of these big ones that are getting hit are what you were saying, a person. You know, they see an entry, they see a big fish and they're going to go for it. Most small, medium businesses, there isn't that guy sitting there looking for XYZ customer, um, you know, little company. Those are more on the automated side where it then is it gets in the network starts seeing what's going on and then maybe notifies somebody and then they can start the ball rolling further mm. um but yeah most most ones that we see are usually you know 75 percent of them are, are probably an automated um, attack that then uh, uh, opens the door or alerts somebody that hey this we see what's going on here this is what we got and now uh, you can do what you want with it yeah so i think a lot of people especially you know obviously we talk about business central here which means it's a lot of small, mid-sized companies. And I think a lot of people just naturally think like, well, look, I'm just a, you know, $20 million manufacturer of widgets, you know, uh, kind of under the radar. No one's going to come after me, right? But I don't think that's really the truth, right? I mean, these are like automated things that are just looking for servers and, and computers Correct. to attack. Right? Correct. It could be anything from someone's home, you know, and, and yeah, no, there's there's no there's no definitely no uh, discrimination when it comes to this, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 open game. Yeah. They don't care about how much money you make, how little you make, uh, what you're selling, what you're not selling. Um, um, so to that, it's like a numbers game. Yeah, right? it's a number, yeah. exactly so what it is. The more they put out there, exactly. and eventually they just get something yeah. in the, just like you just like you know it's very similar and, and a lot of these come in with like these phishing and spoofing emails that get that's how a lot of these things get started is you yeah. open the door um, with these things and hope you hit you know you send out a million emails and hope you get yeah. one person to do something and and then it just spirals into a 
Yeah, it's the, the phishing emails, the spoof emails. I, I am absolutely terrified yes. to click anything in an email anymore, yeah. even if it's from somebody that I know that's yes. not somebody in the organization, even in the organization a little bit. But you get something from somebody you know that's not that's outside the organization. You know, I'm hovering over the links, <laughs> sort of see where it comes from, and right. even then, if it's an attachment, yeah, you start thinking twice. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And uh, and that's you know that we're gonna kind of get into that a little later, but that's uh, that's one of the big things, just like you said, even someone like you that knows. A pretty good amount of what to look for in, in links nice. and uh, and things like that. I mean, that's it, the biggest thing is in which we'll get into is you know education will be is right. one of the things that is is a real big piece of this. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you got somebody you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Ah, uh, so all right. Well, recently, I know there was a Microsoft Exchange attack, and I know a lot of uh, our customers and a lot of people around the world, you know, use Microsoft uh, Exchange. The attack was known as Hafnium. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> but it affected a lot of NAV users, Business Central users, and, and a lot of other people. Now, I've heard that in special cases, the FBI was granted permission to actually go into your database if you were attacked and clean up, try to clean up whatever they could. Um, and, and and I think I heard that they didn't even have to notify you of, of getting in there and, and cleaning it up. So it's kind of like a three-part three yeah. question. The first is, have you heard about the attack? <clears throat> Do you know what it is? Yes, for sure. For sure. All right. Second part is, is it true the FBI was granted access and they did not need to inform the actual owner? And then answer those. We'll get into the third part. Yeah. So it's a yes or no uh, answer to that. Yeah. Um, the FBI was granted a, um, a search warrant um, to be able to get into monitor systems for these known um, queries that they were seeing or the infections. <coughs> and they were then able to go in and to disable those web queries. And without notifying the end user of it. <clears throat> now, after the fact, they did, they had to notify them after they did that. Oh. So these people did get letters from the FBI saying what they did, what they didn't do, and what they were authorized not to, you know, what they were able to do as part of this search warrant, what they weren't. What they were was to disable these web scripts. What they weren't was look at your data or get anything personal off of your system. <clears throat> yeah. So it was, it was, a, it's a yes or no question that one. So yeah, they, they, they got a piece, but they weren't able to just giving you the full reign to do whatever they wanted to. And I'm assuming it's it's uh, that was important to, to kind of stop the spread of that, right? Like in order to ensure that it didn't continue to infect other computers, other networks. Yeah, I think what they found out is that uh, a lot of people weren't patching the systems. <clears throat> they weren't taking these seriously. And um, <clears throat> so many of these systems they were determining were <clears throat> government, um, or uh, DOD, <clears throat> and um, they determined that, okay, this is national security now. These are like companies that are doing work for the government um, that aren't taking their, you know, and fixing this stuff. And it became a, a, a national security thing that we're going to, we got to do this if they're not, if they so could have granted them access into the actual government database. Yes. Or, yeah. Or, or whatever they were basically working on for them. That um, they, so that's, that's why this was, um, was done. Uh, but it is, it is a little scary. Yeah. So now, now, if your organization was breached and that you got the letter from the FBI saying that we went in there and we we clean up and try to do whatever whatever they want, um, is there still a need to reach out to like an IT professional such as yourself, or is it possible the FBI clean everything up once you got the letter and you have to worry about nothing anymore or, or what? Um, for sure, you got definitely should be reaching out. I think right in the letter it tells you that they 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 disabled the lowest end of these scripts and these web key uh, web scripts. Uh, queries and um, the rest of it's still out there. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've uh, we've seen it personally. 
um, on a couple of systems and uh, we had to get in there and do cleanup after the fact to yeah. get rid of all the rest of it that was under the hood that could have possibly started over again or opened up other doors to other things. Um, so they, you should definitely, if you have any signs of it or received a letter, um, don't just assume it's cleaned up and, and you're you're good. Now, do you think these all these cyber security attacks and ransomware threats are they are they going to end soon? <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to hold that. Yeah, yes, he was trying to hold that. Yes, we're on TV. We would be. Uh, um, yeah, no, they're not going away anytime soon, and, and it's not going to help anyone when they see that people are paying these things. So that's that's you know as. as you know, I, I guarantee everyone that's probably listening to this has had somebody that they know that's been affected by these. And um, one of the first things the government or any type of company is going to tell you is do not pay the ransom. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you know, in the, instance of, in, in the instance of this, it's just they have no other options. And, uh, you know, in this case, you know, with the pipeline, it was, you know, the whole southeast of the country you yeah. know, go, shutting down. And, you know, and uh, um, so it was, yeah, it was one of those things where I think a decision had to be made and and, yeah. uh, and, and, and they decided to do it. But um, by the way, that's what we in the biz call a softball question. There you go. You threw it up there. It was like a big beach ball. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> biz. So, so yeah, yeah. ransomware would actually go away, right? If if nobody paid the fine. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They'd be gone. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. It'd yeah, there's no, no there's no positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes the ransom. You know, going back to kind of your original question on what you know, what, you know, what's making ransomware is that it's the first time really in, in in the history of computers where you know your viruses and your spyware, you know, spyware was kind of advertising, um, wanting to get things, you know, pop ups on your machine to kind of get you to buy things and do this and do that, um, you know, and if viruses were more just to disrupt your systems and make them kind of unusable. Now they're taking it personal. They don't care that your your yeah. machine still continues running. But we're going to take your pictures. We're yeah. going to take your kids, you know, life, your history that you have of your kids pictures or your company. You know, you're going to take all your financial information, all your customer information, and we're going to take it from you. And now you got to pay for it to get it back. So they're hitting where it really hurts, where uh, in the past that wasn't the case. You'd, you know, you'd reload a machine and you all your data and you back up your data and you reloaded your machine. If you got that infected and just said, forget it, let's just wipe it. But you can't do that because you don't got your data. And that's. So now that you've thoroughly scared the shit out of me, <laughs> what's worse? What? <laughs> yeah. What do people need to be doing to keep themselves safe? Right? To keep themselves protected. What are com what are some of the key things that that people should be doing today Don't before it's too late? All right, and they have to deal with this. Don't buy digital currencies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a very fine line for sure. Um, you know, in, in you know the the easiest thing that you know a lot of a lot of people you know sometimes hear is you know well, let's just you know let's go back to just disconnect everything so we're not all you know our you know <laughs> our systems aren't connected to anything which is just isn't the case. The, the internet's just impossible. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's let's you know, go offline and we'll be by our, you know by ourselves and just run our stuff. Um, you know, without going to that, you know, that extreme, everything is tied together. Now there's too much of that. So you basically got to look and make yourself uh, the hardest one, right? I mean, they're going to go for the low, the low hanging fruit, um, you know, the, 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 you know, and, and they're going to look for, especially in these random attacks, you know, with the targeted attacks is one thing. They're, they're looking at, uh, you know, business portfolio and looking how they can, you know, what they could possibly get out of these big, you know, these big, uh, these big companies. Uh, but these random attacks on small, medium businesses, uh, uh, you've got to make yourself as you know as likely to not be vulnerable as possible. So make it make the other person be the one to get hit because uh, you were two steps ahead. 
so by doing those types of things, it's uh, you know a, a big thing right now. It's becoming popular with you know all types of email and and, and authentication in general is two-factor authentication, um, and 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 the type of two-factor authentication you use is a big deal. Um, you know, a lot of people have no, yeah. So, you know, like trying to think of something you get to your bank. Uh, maybe somebody's bank is texting you a text message with a code, a six-digit code. You know, you you got to get, we're going to send you a text. Not very, not very secure. Really? Um, those text traffic can be intercepted very easily with someone that knows what they're doing and, and has like, access to your email account already, or they have something else of yours. Those types of things can be easily um but it's better than not having any multi-factor authentication in place. 100%. Yeah. So now you've made yourself, you know, you made yourself one layer, right? The people that don't have it at all are, are the ones that are going to get hit first. And when it has and even a text message would be a better thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the best ways for two-factor is using an authenticator app um, that is a, a totally, you know, randomly generated, no kind of a message being sent uh, across any kind of communication there. Um, you know, and there's several out there, Microsoft Authenticator, Google Authenticator, you can go down the list. Uh, um, those types of Authenticator apps are, are more secure than just a regular text message coming across asking you for So it's kind of like the analogy I think of is like I have at my house at home, right? I could have a, a security system that's yeah. linked to a service that's going to call the police if the alarm yeah. goes off or whatever, right? Yeah, fire department, um, or I could just have maybe a some, just a local alarm and it's not hooked up or something, or I could just have a dog, yeah. right? And the dog's going to bark, right? So if there's someone who's coming to look in, looking to rob a house, yeah. they're probably going to skip the house with the dog. Yeah. Because the dog's going to yeah. bark and make noise. Yeah. Why not just go to the next door neighbor's house who doesn't have a dog? Correct. Right. right? So exactly. by having a multi-factor authentication system in place, yeah. that's kind of like the dog. Exactly. Right? Now, there's various types of dogs or other types of alarm yeah. systems or things you can get. Yeah. Cameras, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but having something in place. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, I mean, I've... I, this is kind of an old thing, but you know, my dad is known to put up a, a sign that says he has a security system. Yeah, but he doesn't. yeah, yeah, yeah. You there you go. You want to stick it in front of your house that's yeah, protected by ADC or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, but you don't have one. Right. But if I'm if I'm the bad guy, right? Why not go next door where they don't have a sticker? Right? Correct. So Find yeah, that's the exact theology. You want you want to kind of push them to the person that isn't doing it. You don't want to be that person, so you want to be a step ahead. So um, two-factor authentication, password policies in general. Um, you know, I'm not sure where things are going to go in the next, you know, I'm, I, that's a very interesting thing to me is passwords just are inherently not secure. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, I don't know where this is all going to go in the future. You know, I don't think it's thumbprint. I don't know about the retina, but something else is going to change with this where um, passwords just aren't going to be the thing. But right now that that is still our, our best case. So mm -hmm. making them, you know, randomly changing those on a regular basis, making them, um, I think a lot of security firms have determined that, it's not the complexity as much anymore as the length. Right. So length is, you know, really? 13 versus a highly complex six character one. It, it, the 13 characters, they'd rather have you use all letters. Um, is that just because of the automation? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, the more, it's just the more random because it's automatically, yeah, searching. So the more numbers and more characters you have is the biggest uh, yeah. thing there. Um, it's it's killing me though. Yeah, no, it's, it's killing me. It's when I can put in like a Netflix password on the television or something. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like fifteen characters. Like oh my yeah. god, without a keyboard or anything. Yeah. No, I, I get it. So that's and, that's and, why I think this stuff is going to have to change at some point. Passwords are going to go away. Yeah. Something else you have to replace it. But what's going to be that next big thing? I guess is 
Is that what everybody's got? Well, and I think it's interesting. Passwords. Um, it used to be like like years ago, right? Your your password. You, you were always like told, okay, you know, don't write it down and, you know, don't leave it on a sticky note on your computer, right? Because you were worried about other people around you mm -hmm. physically <laughs> taking your password, right? Yeah. But now, okay, you have to change your password every six weeks or every two months or whatever it is. And it gets hard to keep track of those uh -huh. passwords. For sure. So you have, like, sorry, but you, I have to write that down. No, I, I have to keep a note of what my password is. But the thing is, I'm not really worried about people physically around me no, using anymore. my passwords. I'm worried about these cyber criminals from overseas or wherever they are hacking in. That's, right? a, that's a major difference. So you're asking me what changed in the last 25 you know, years I've been here. That would have been something 25 years ago. I'd say, you know, don't put it in that notebook next yeah. to your computer. Now, I, I, you know, that's that's maybe one of the safer, safer places. Right? That, that notebook can't be scanned. It can't be hacked. Yeah. It, you know, a lot, now, if you lose it, that's one thing. But someone's got to be able to tra trace it back to you. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's what's making it tough. You know, the longer these are, it's harder for people to remember a 15 character password when you're changing it every you know, 45 days. Yeah. So people are most prone to write it down or invest in a password app you know or something to that so effect are those garbage too then you know they're, they're they're good but but you know you're putting in you know your whole life's all your passwords yeah. into one app with one password that could somebody has that information yeah. yeah you know so now you're you know so no there's very legitimate password applications out there for managing those types of things there's whole services out there for that you yeah. can pay for it for managing passwords um but that's why i think you know in, in in the future that you know if we're going to say where things are going to go in five years i, I kind of thought yeah oh and, and let me give you an example here so to your point of the length of passwords and the types of characters i'm looking at a chart right here and it talks about how quick if you have a, a password type yeah. breaker um it will take if you have a 10 care uh 10 character uh lowercase letter password it could be 58 minutes. Something could break it, right? If you have 10 characters, but upper and lowercase letters, it's one month. Okay. If you have upper lowercase letters and a symbol, it's five years. Wow. Okay. When you go to upper and lowercase letters and symbols and you increase it to 12 characters, 34,000 years. Yeah. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> okay. So that extra character is like exponential. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the in a random yeah. code breaker yeah. type thing where it's trying yeah. to guess your password. So yeah, if you were asking me to give you know lowercase six characters or you know or or, or a um, 13 digit, yeah, it's a huge difference. Right. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So. Yeah. I just want to really quickly call out Bank of America, my bank, who does not use multi-factor authentication, like through an app or whatever. They send you the text message to authenticate it. Same way. Come on, guys. Yeah. You're a billion-dollar organization here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my, I think my same. Yeah, way. I think. Well, I think you're. I mean, people are. Now, does your does change? Do they make you do it every time you log in? Every time. I, I Fifth Third Bank does not even make you do it every time. Really? Nope. Oh, I can log in with third. Any now, maybe that's because it's maybe maybe from the your home machines or machines you use constantly. Maybe maybe that's, that's what it is. Or but yeah, no, it doesn't do it every time, which I kind of don't like. Um, I would think that you know your bank that it would do it every time, no matter what machine you're on or where you're at. But no, yeah, that so, so yeah. Good, so so multi-factor authentication, yes. good long, nice strong passwords. passwords. Password policies are important. You know how often you're changing them. Unfortunately, I know we all hate it. Um, 
but um, but those things get put out on the black web and they sit out there and yeah. uh, some high school kid can go on there and use those to to open up accounts and do whatever with. So um, yeah, the more you can, you know, how often you change them. Um, and, and, and these things aren't extremes. I mean, we, like you said, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking to a small medium business group. Uh, we understand, you know, yeah. you know, how people are, but you know, you know, that, you know, it's really hard to kind of go through that, but, um, but you know, 90 days, uh, you know, is, 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 a, is a really good mix uh, that, that would maybe help out, you know, drastically and keeping people, yeah. you know, writing it down and, you know, forgetting yeah. it or whatever. So any other tips? Um, other things I would, I would say is like we talked about earlier was education, uh, educating the employees. Um, and I'm not talking, you know, having to go to some, you know, IT security, IT <laughs> class, you know, and, uh, get overwhelmed. Uh, I'm talking something that the regular everyday person that's, you know, working in a business should just know the to do's and don'ts. Like a 30 and, minute, almost like a 30 minute uh, PowerPoint. Um, these are some key things that you need to be aware of and understand. Correct. Yeah. Examples. Um, showing them what, you know, to look for in a spoofing, you know, phishing email uh, message. Um, you know, you get that message, you know, putting in a policy, policies, educate, you know, the company putting in policies that, hey, you know, our accounts, you know, the receivable, we get a, uh, our accounts payable department gets a request for changing a, an account number for automatic payments for ACH. We place a phone call. We don't take the email and say, oh, they just decided to change their bank to this place. Yeah. No, right. we get on the phone and we call those people and talk say, to some, talk to someone and get a sign off from them you know, in some other way, you know, even if you're going back to old school stuff, we're seeing people going back to requiring oh, someone to fax over a, a, a something, you know, yeah. showing that it's, you know, that we're doing it. But again, it's a multi-factor yes. yeah. uh, confirmation, exactly. right? Don't just take one request and run with it. Try to get a second approval yeah, second or authorization approval. or confirmation. Yeah, because that will usually open up a, a a conversation and multiple people then no we never did that you know this type of things no i don't think that's right or you know we're not changing a bank and next thing you know you you get you know this thing because these people are very smart and uh especially when it comes to email campaigning um, where they will watch your emails and see who you're emailing and vendors and customers that you're emailing on a regular basis to the point where they'll be able to create invoice numbers and be able to go back to the person and say hey remember invoice number this and this we're, we're you know you haven't paid it yet uh Please, what we're changed our. We need to send it to this new draft. You know, this new account number wow. instead of the old one. You know, and uh, so that you know the, all the numbers make sense to the payables girl or whatever, and uh, uh, and, and everything you mm -hmm. know looks jives. The mounts are right. The everything is right. Yeah. Um. So that it looks like it's coming from them. And so is it like automated from uh, or is it like those are usually no, there's usually somebody yeah really yeah wow. monitoring those things and starting that chain and knowing and and finding both ends of that communication the wow. customer and vendor vendor customer relationships Amazing. and watching both ends and getting one end of the of it hat. So they can use that person's to talk to the other person then and do what they want to do. So those are very, yeah, no, and that's why your password for your email, um, something as simple as that gets out there. Um, they can start things and then those, right, even internally that they get a hold of yours and you're emailing me, it's an internal email. I think it's you. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot less, lot less of that second thought where you do when yeah, you, you see it when it's going outside. Yeah, it's just, you just kind of take it. It, it is. Um, so that's those are definitely the education and, and company policies are, are very um, are very important and some of the you know very inexpensive and very uh, very easily to implement without costing a lot of money and a lot of overhead just yeah. putting a policy in place that you know yeah. we hire a new person these are the policies we go through when they when they get hired you know those types of it's things. almost like you're 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 um, I mean it's education and that you're showing people 
these are the types of things that are out there and these are the things you some key things that you need to be aware of and be on the lookout for but i think that also helps to explain to people why you have some of the precautions you have in place exactly like why you change your passwords why you have to have multi-factor yeah. authentication and yeah. stuff so they understand yeah. that it's not just because keith the it guy is a pain in the butt exactly no that's exactly it no it shows them why we're doing what we're doing why they can't you know why we why can't i just put my home computer on on the network when i come in and listen to music you know through the company network no you're you can't do that right. you know we don't know what's on your home computer right. who's you yep. know what's what your kids been doing on your home computer that yeah. you brought in so yeah no it, it definitely lets them kind of a little bit more knowledge that, that we're not just doing it to be the bad guys <laughs> that's funny i went about a year or two ago doing like a went to the bank and i was a refinance or something and they had asked for all these documents, you know? So I put them on a USB drive and I, <laughs> I took it to the bank and I was meeting with the guy and I go, I go, yeah, I go, every everything you need is right on here. And he, he, goes, me, he goes, yeah, I can't plug that into my computer. Who do you think you are? Right? I go, I go, uh, I, yeah. I totally understand. I, I, but it never crossed my mind as a, yeah. You know, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to make this really convenient yeah, for the for the bank yeah. and just give them all this stuff on this USB drive. But he kind of looked at me like, yeah, not a chance, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, well, he, he he knew what he was doing then. Yeah, okay. right. And this was this was uh, a yeah. uh, quite a while yeah, ago. Yeah, that's been now. that's you know, and uh, you know, and we're seeing that you know, this stuff is already in place in most large businesses, right? And it's again, it's still things are occurring to them. You know, so the small businesses usually don't have any of this stuff in place. So, you know, an education so, program and, and that and this isn't the you know, this is something that unfortunately is something that we're all going to be living with for the foreseeable future. Like we just said, you know, jokingly, this ransomware going away. Um, but we also you know, this this stuff is going to evolve just like it has, like I said, for the last 25 years. So this isn't you educate once and you're done. This is a yearly kind of thing an annual thing you should review and see what new stuff is out there and make yourself you know available there's plenty of forums there's a lot of things that you know a company can do themselves without having to you know pay to kind of just see what's the latest stuff there's plenty of information yeah. out there so why do you think a lot of these smbs don't implement this type of stuff is it is in my head i think it's because a lot of them are just sit back think and they're, they're thinking to themselves this can't happen to us right there it's all about large businesses who have a lot of money yeah, I mean, you think it's one of the main reasons? Yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah. I think so. It, it's easier, just like anything, right? I mean, um, but it know, probably uh, happens to SMBs yeah. more than the large companies. Yes, for sure. There's a, there's just a, a lot of it, you know, family environment. Uh, we know everybody that works here, you yeah. know, those types of mentality. Uh, we've been doing it for a hundred years this way, and it's <laughs> always worked. Um, but then they don't think of all the things that have changed in the last hundred years. That's you know making them more productive. Yeah. Because of the computers, you have the internet now. You have the internet now. <laughs> you are you're doing billing without with you know you're you're doing you know twenty times more volume with the same amount of people. How do you do that? Well, it's because these computer systems are in place that, but you need so now we got to protect them. Yeah. And, you know, and you're you know you're accepting things electronically. You don't have the people going and doing all the paperwork of scanning checks and you know yeah. it's all you know it's all this stuff that's automated. It's it's all this great stuff, right? That's how this all got here, right? We didn't just do this to create these, right? It was all because of making things more productive, making things easier. Yeah. Um, getting more things out of the uh, out of the computers and making it life on people easier, um, so but then unfortunately, yeah. fortunately, people use that to our you know the bad people took it and always is right. Yeah. So let's say uh, we you know we tried our best, we put all these things in place, but um, you know 
Bob over in accounting was just having a bad day and he clicked on that link and it had introduced a, a virus and we we, he, was, we he thought his Viagra order was we, in we, right he right. yeah, track track told <laughs> <laughs> he had a and, tracking number for Viagra <laughs> and, and now we we were hit and um, you know now our data is is corrupted right so hot what about backups that's it no that's 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 the I guess uh, last protect last thing of protection, you know, last frontier you want to call it, how you want to say it, a protection for your for your network. Uh, if all these other fail safes, you know, don't work, having backup is is your uh, is your last thing. They can't they can't take those from you, um, especially if they're secured backups. Um, a backup on a USB thumb drive that's still in the server overnight that's been sitting in there for thirty days, probably not a good backup because they can encrypt that. They can do stuff to that backup as well. Now. A backup that's going off to a secure location like you know Microsoft Cloud, Azure backup, things like that, where there's encryption in place and you got to have proper keys in order to get that data out of the system. Um, they're not going to be able to get up to there to encrypt your backups. Um, and, and this is just more than just even encryption. I mean, right? These these you know you we've had several you know over the, over the years you know 25 years I've done this had a couple of fires at customers where these things would have been um, you know, the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. You're just doing it for different reasons now, and it's becoming a bigger thing than just a flood or a, a fire. Um, you're doing this for um, these virtual people that can just yeah. get in from anywhere at any time. So, so cloud backups. Now, am I, do I back up, am I backing up like my whole server so that if my server, something happens, I like can just like restore to a virtual server or am I, Restoring like my actual data, like my database and my files. This is all. This is all a la carte, and depending on your company's needs, I guess I would say um, what you can live with as a company. Um, maybe the hundred user, uh, two hundred million dollar company would say that you know we have to have backup in four hours. Respond, you know we got to be back up. Our system has to be back up. Now they would need a higher, you know, yes, they would want a disaster recovery in the cloud sitting there that could be spun up as soon as that network went down uh, that we could have them back up. Now, maybe you have mom and pop five user company, you know, a couple hundred gig of data says, you know, we could, we, we're probably good, you know, if as long as we know we have our data, we're mm -hmm. probably good to be able to say, let's maybe back up only weekly to the cloud and maybe we only back up our data. The stuff we can't recreate. We can install a new program of QuickBooks yeah. or NAV or whatever it may be that they're running as a small business, uh, but they can't get that data back. And so there, so there's definitely different ways you can do this depending on your needs and your financial. I mean, yeah. and obviously it's um, like you know for Microsoft Azure backup, it's all based on that volume of data and the frequency of your backups, right? Correct. So just to make you know make clear, so if I a smaller company and I'm just backing up my ERP database and like maybe some a shared network drive up to a cloud that's obviously going to be much cost me much less per month Correct. than say a full disaster recovery plan where I can just within a couple hours have some servers fully up and operational Correct. yeah this is the, that's why this is definitely not there's no cookie cutter uh, price or, or option you can give because everybody's going to be different. And it doesn't always go off of, um, you know, how big customer company is by employees or how big their data is. It may, you know, just is a personal thing. Some people uh, would maybe take it a lot more seriously and want to be able to, no, we can't. I don't care how big, you know, so it's really a personal thing and a company has to set those expectations. And we got to we got to be able to tell them that as well. So, hey, just because we have these doesn't mean that you're going back to yesterday or an hour ago. No, you're gonna you got these and at this price, you're gonna be back to maybe last week. 
that was last Saturday a big deal compared to ever if you didn't right. have anything. Yeah. So that's where you got to weigh that cost and say, okay, yeah, no, I, we could make up a week's work and we make weeks of data. Yeah. Uh, not a big deal. There's one trend that I've definitely seen, and that's this. Of, of, of all of the companies I've seen where they're, they have gotten, you know, they're victimized by one of these types of attacks, in almost every single case, they didn't have any or many uh, yeah. procedures or protocols in place up front. But after they got back up and running, all of I think ones. they implemented all those things yes. that you mentioned. Yeah. No, it's very common. It's almost, I haven't seen one that, you know, we've seen that hasn't went that way. You learn from your mistakes. Exactly. So, that. You're not, so, you're not once, you're not going to do it twice yeah. kind of thing, you know I mean? I got but man, months, you just, should, you just got to go do it, right? I yes. mean, you just need to make sure you're protected before yeah. it happens. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just like, you know, it's not going to be the thing of, you know, uh, you know, if it's, it's just be when. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a matter of time where every company is going to get hit and and it just depends on to what level, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, having some of these things that we talked about, like, you know, I don't know if we talked, I don't think we brought it up, but like, you know, the you know, it's not the everyday thing anymore. Just having, you know, some Norton antivirus on your computer that's, you know, running some old school functionality. There's a lot newer cutting edge AI threat protection that you can that is learning things, not going off of a database of. Well, these threats were out here two hours yeah. ago. Well, these are all zero day kind of thing. These are happening on the fly that some guy's writing code and throwing them on your system. So you got to have a system in place and something like that, um, you know, that can learn on the fly as well would, would help. And maybe you do get, you know, you, you know, maybe you do get infected or you do get hit, but it stops it before it gets really far. Yeah. So it goes, oh, you know, okay, you know, you know, before it gets really bad. So there's, there's all those layers just making it a little bit harder on them and, and putting one more roadblock in their way, where maybe they just say, you know, what I'm going to go to this guy, I got nothing. <laughs> you know, it's wide open and easy to get to. All right, let me ask you a question. So, this being a business central podcast and whatnot, and you being the IT professional specialist yeah. that you are, um, what do you think is more secure? on-premise or, or, or cloud software? Yeah, I looked at this question that you gave me for a while when I was uh, writing down my answer to it, or at least what I could think. And uh, I think it's definitely changed. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I guess, mentality, right? Uh, you get stuck in your ways You uh, over time. You do things, you know, I've been doing on-premise stuff forever, and we've seen the benefits of going cloud over time. And, you know, everybody adapts and sees the benefits and the negatives. Um, and so I think, you know, there's, there, you know, I think there's benefits and positive and negatives to this. You know, there's, I don't think there's an answer I'm going to give. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> but like you guys are going to want where I'm going to say the cloud is definitely the way to go or on-premise is the way to go because it really depends on the company yeah. that's implementing that, right? I mean, if you're a company that's not going to take things seriously with your on-premise stuff and just yeah. let things roll, like we kind of talked about where people just think I'm not going to get hit, I'm not going to hit, yeah. then a SaaS you know, online, you know, business central on, you know, host Office online. 365. Yes, all, that's all perfect for you, right? Yeah. Microsoft's taking care of it. Um, it's getting all updates on a regular basis. There's backups being done for you. Um, so it gives you a lot of that sense of um, feeling safe, right? Yeah. Without, you know, like, hey, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, but, um, but again, then now you're, now you're going, you know, back to, you're, you are relying on them, yeah. So, Microsoft to, to as well to make sure that they're doing what yeah. they say they're doing and that, that there are no vulnerabilities. Um, 
you know, like like something like this um, exchange attack that we just were talking about, the one with the, uh, what was it called, hafnium? Yeah. Um, that we talked about. Uh, that's a perfect example of something that changed my mentality. Um, maybe a year ago, I said, you're on-premise, you can turn yourself off, you can do a lot, of, you know, have your debt out on somewhere you don't know where it is or who can get to it. Um, maybe on-premise. A year ago, I mean, would have said that. Now, after this this happened, uh, it woke up woke me up to the fact that in all the press releases and all the documentation from Microsoft on the fixes and what systems were affected, it affected everything from Exchange 2019 back to 2010 on premise. Yeah. And a note on the bottom that said Exchange Online was not affected by this. Yeah. So that kind of went to me, okay. So, yeah. so they're, 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 exactly. There's, you know, um, you know, nothing was required there. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it is, it is a constant thing. But there are going to be companies that you're just, you know, that that on premise just makes sense for. Yeah. Right. I mean. And uh, but for the medium small businesses, I think it's it's that curve is switching. You know, it, it's funny that you weren't able to give like a definitive answer because when I when I was writing this question down to ask you, you know, a year or so ago, like you're saying, you know, I remember you talking about, you know, uh, on premise being a little bit more secure, and then recently you had said you gave an example of uh, email hacking, right? When a lot more Office 365 accounts get hacked. Yeah. But it's only one account that gets hacked as opposed to when they hack it on your server, your entire server gets hacked yeah. and all the information with yeah. it. So. We, we had, and I'll talk Business Central specifically. Um, I, I think, I, I, I tell people, you know, especially in the small to mid-size. So when you get up upper mid-market, they have a big staff of people and yeah. they take all this stuff very seriously. Maybe it's different. But at the smaller uh, side of scale, um, I, I think it's like, Wait, so you think you're going to um, take better care of this and put better precautions in place than Microsoft is going to be putting in place if you're running Business Central online? Right. Like now they're like, well, uh, is my data backed up? It's like, yes. <laughs> right. Like, they, they, well, how do I know my backups are getting? It? It's like your backups are getting yeah. done. I said now there's a policy, I think, with Business Central you can actually pick a restore point at any point within the past 30 days and restore your business central data back to that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, very few of any of our older yeah. nav dynamics customers on premise set went through the trouble to set up that level of yeah of, and that ease. Of, an right. ease yeah. of restorability yeah. of their data. You know, Microsoft's spending more than a billion dollars a year on, on, on security and, and backups and whatnot. So unless you're spending the same, yeah. you're so I guess probably- I, I guess this chance. kind of leads into my next thing. We're not trying to, you know, go either way again with this, but staying on the fence <laughs> in that, and I want to put that out there for anyone listening, that Office 365 um, data is not backed up. Everybody thinks their data is on Office 365. My email is safe. It's backed up by Microsoft. It is not backed up. Really? If you want to go back to a year and or someone gets into your account and hacks your stuff and deletes all your email, it is not backed up. Microsoft can get it back for you to a point in time, but there's no guarantee that they're going to get everything back to you in a timely manner. Can you pay extra for the backup or no? There is. Yes. Always, always exactly. something there, catch. But I just wanted to throw out there because everybody just assumes when they're on the cloud that everything's being backed up just like, right? I mean, that's yeah. that should be an assumption that should be made. And I think even us as IT people thought that was the assumption, right? It's it's out there. It's it's on your system. It's not going to go down. It's not going to go away like, you know, like it would if it was on our system. If they get encrypted or hacked, they're going to have all your data and restore it back. Right. But if you just had a particular thing where you had a legal 
um, lawsuit that you had to go back and find some emails that you deleted or, or got rid of five years ago. That is not going to be. Oh, see, I, I wouldn't assume that yeah. they did back yeah. that up. Like yeah. That. So I just want to I throw would, that out there for people because that's something that a lot of times people just say, well, you know, it's on the cloud. See, I host. Got to be yeah. backed up. What's backed up? I would assume. But it's not for auditing, not for historical backups where you can go back and find right. things from exactly. several years ago. Yeah. And there are things out there because we were at a lot more companies because, right? I mean, how much business being done over the phone anymore where you could record a conversation yeah. compared to email? Right. I mean, I'm signing off on a hundred thousand dollar deal. I'm sending you an email back and authorizing it with a yeah. PO, right? Mm -hmm. Or PO number, maybe. Yeah. But you know, so it's all through this communication. So something goes awry and any of those communications, right? So there there are things out there for auditing and logging and archiving and for HIPAA, all these types, you know, PCI compliance, certain things that require that you have that history. Uh, yeah. for seven years or whatever it is so yeah it's very important i mean yeah i mean you know what 15 years or maybe 20 years ago now i guess yeah that that authorization was a physical signed contract yeah. a piece of paper got that it. got fedexed or faxed yeah. over and then you took that piece of paper and you put it in a file cabinet exactly. in, a, in a folder yeah. somewhere but now that's not happening. And then it's everybody used to talk about, well, what if our building burns down? What are we going to do with all that? We had to get this all on a computer, yeah, yeah. right? And now we're dealing with a different part, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? We're dealing with a little different part of the yeah. problem. What's going to be there to combat I think that? My takeaway is it's 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 a it's a it's a cost of doing business, frankly. Yes. Now, if if you want to protect your company, your invite your data, right? It's just it's it's a and it doesn't have to be a significant cost. No. But it is a cost that you need these things in place to make sure that you're protected as much as possible. And, so, and Microsoft is seeing seeing their shortcomings in certain areas, and they're making those things available to people at a, a better, you know, at those regular security features available. In the past, those were additional add-ons, so nobody did it, right? They just, well, what the gaming's got to be good enough, right? Well, no, you had to add them on. Well, they're making some of those things like multi-factor, base multi-factor available as part of the base packages. Um, yeah, because everybody's seeing this is affecting everybody. This isn't just, you know, it's negative for anybody anybody to say that, hey, my office account got hacked. Um, it doesn't look good on Microsoft or anything like that. So they want to try to eliminate these things and, and put these things in place as well. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very fine, fine line. All right. All right. So before we wrap this up real quick, we're going to do the uh, five question speed round segment. Usually it's five questions, but Keith, since you're special, it's seven, oh, seven questions. I'm going to blast through it real fast. Yes or no questions. If you if yes, it's a yes non-yes or no answer, uh, you get a, you get blasted. Come on. Yeah. I wrote down Lily. Yes, yes or no. All right. Yes or no. no Everybody <laughs> knows the rules. <laughs> yes or no. Have you said it straight? Because I had ones I had add-ons. So, all right, let's do it. The assumption with this is crazy. <laughs> all right. Number one, do you see a future where artificial intelligence will be able to block cyber threats? Yes. Number two, will the Chicago Bears have a win-loss record better than 8-8? Eight eight? Yes. Number three, are you a certified SonicWall security administrator? Yes. Number four, can having cybersecurity measures in place bring down your insurance rates? Yes. Ooh. Number five, will the greatest team ever, the Chicago Cubs, make the playoffs this season? Yes. <laughs> Number six. In your opinion, are organizations doing enough to secure themselves from cybersecurity attacks? No. And last but definitely not least, number seven, should every organization implement cybersecurity protection at the gateway level? Yes. All right. All right. There you have it. Well, uh, stay tuned. We'll talk about uh, Kuma Vision in our next app segment. So 
Keith, thanks a lot for joining us. We we truly appreciate Thank it, you. Keith. Thank I enjoyed my Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's yes, it's, uh, it, it is history, and I'm, yeah. I'll go grab another one. Shortly. Thank you guys, appreciate it. Fun. All right, talk to everybody later. Hey everybody, welcome back uh, for our our app spotlight segment today. Uh, we're going to be looking out at an app that's listed out on App Source um, called Sales Order Status, uh, and this is uh, an app that's that's uh, delivered by Kuma Vision, uh, and it is available uh, in in the U.S., North America, and many other uh, local uh, areas as well throughout Europe. And uh, you know, we picked this one because it's a relatively straightforward and simple app. Uh, in that what it does is it provides a couple pages uh, where users can quickly see uh, with some visual aids the status of a sales order. So, you know, when you enter a new sales order, people want to know, hey, where's this order at? Uh, have we created a pick for this order yet? Has it been shipped? Has it been invoiced? You know, where are we at in the process? Um, and this is a question that, that we get a lot and, and right there's the, the information is in Business Central, but it's just finding it and viewing it right, right and, and looking at it. Um, so with this app, so for example, that the, the main uh, page is called the sales order status page. And what this does is it gives you a list of all of the sales orders that are outstanding, uh, which customer is it for? Uh, when was the last time the status has been updated? And then there's some um, some visual indicators uh, and you can actually pick. There's like, a, for example, like a green check mark yeah. to show that something's been completed, a yellow um, thing to say that something's partially been completed or red saying that, no, this has not been completed yet. So I can look at this list of sales orders and someone asks me for an order number. I can search on the order. And I can see, okay, um, the, we have available inventory for it. Maybe a pick has been created, but it has not been shipped in invoice yet. Now, do you think an app like this is 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 more popular today than it had been than it would have been, let's say, five, six, seven years ago, because of the people who purchase things or businesses who purchase things, and you know, there's that um, the uh, the option of having multiple things on a purchase order go to different places. When it's when it's shipped out or whatever, do you think so? Do you think that that um, created more of a need for this app than it would have been five years ago, or is uh, this something that's? I, I think the need for it has always been there, um, and and probably will you know will continue to be there. Uh, I think what people do, uh, you know, what they've historically done is either they just get trained in how on how to open up the order and and review the records to see where it's at right and have to maybe navigate through a couple pages to go see the status of a pick or a warehouse shipment or something um, or they've custom created a report uh, maybe it's an excel or maybe it's a, a nav or business central report that they could create called the sales order status report that gives them that visibility um, and but why i think this is maybe more useful now is because with Business Central Online, I go to AppSource, I can install the free trial of it, I can see it working in my environment. Yeah. If I don't like it, I uninstall it. Yeah. If I like it, 
I then sign up and I pay for a subscription. And uh, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. It's a it's let's say a few hundred dollars a year per company that you're going to use the set. So that's kind of how so, it's priced. Yeah, relatively cheap. Yeah, you know, right? nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy compared to building this on your own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's come close. Yeah, Kuma Vision has given it a lot of uh, uh, functionality within. You can change the different icons for what you want if you want to kind of spruce it up a little bit to to fit your branding and and and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we installed it. The free trial, you installed it. it installed in a matter of minutes. Yep. So, and, and there's only one setup page where you really don't have to do much setup. You can just use the defaults out of the box. Yeah. You open the sales order status page. You hit an update button, which goes out and it checks all the orders and fills in all the statuses for you. I, I mean, I'm using it in like five minutes. Yeah. So you, from that perspective, to be able to try it and see it in your environment with your data yeah. and to and determine if it's going to be useful before you've paid anything, that's that's yeah. priceless. Now using this probably in conjunction with some sort of warehousing app or, or whatnot would probably really allow you to gain the most benefit from, from this app, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it, it, it seems, uh, and again, I haven't dived in and tried it off with, yeah. tried it with various scenarios, but in looking at it, it looks as if the, you're going to get the maximum usage of this if you're using the warehouse business central warehouse module so you're creating warehouse shipments and picks warehouse picks um so so it can look at those records and see what the status is of those yeah yeah so all in all for a few hundred bucks uh, a year definitely uh feature packed and yeah easy to install and, and it I, looks it looks great and i really well, one of the things i like about this is that it is a um it's it's a it's a small it's a relatively small feature uh that's very impactful and I think this is kind of where apps uh, really have, there's a lot of promise for these, Yeah. right? Um, there are apps that are out there that are like entire modules, yeah. like for example, like a rental system right. or or a vertical solution or whatever. Um, but, but there's also a lot of apps out there and I think more and more in the future that are just like a small one feature mm -hmm. or maybe it's one report. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, some huge elaborate thing. Right. If it's priced right, a relatively low price point, uh, and you can install it and and start using it immediately, uh, I think there's a lot of room for growth. There's what 1,500 hey, over 1,500 apps now out on App Source. I think, you know, if, if this type of trend continues, where you see these these great small features like this that are deployed as apps and made available, you could see five to ten thousand. Yeah, apps. Yeah, whether you're solving a small problem or a big problem, you're still solving a problem that somebody might have. So, right. you know, put the app out there if it if it's going to solve that problem for somebody. Yep. you might even make some money off it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so high marks. Uh, check it out. Definitely, we'll put a uh, a link to it in the uh, in the show notes. So. Ken and Michael here for a shot of Business Central and. Uh, we are one month removed from a major update. So what do we got to talk about? Another update <laughs> to start things out with. Uh, recently, 18.1 was released. And uh, surprisingly, it has uh, a good amount of feature changes with, within it. Um, you know, I mean, just to roll down real quick, there's support for company names, international characters. And what we'll talk more about, you know, some of these later. Uh, there's support for authenticating of an SMTP connection using OAuth 2.0. Uh, 
and uh, on and on and on. But uh, so the first one, like I mentioned, was the support for company names with international characters. And my take on this is that really uh, there was two updates released with with within this feature. Uh, the first update is was the support for company names with international characters, which basically allows you to receive and update data, you know, from Business Central um, records where it has like a specific or special characters in it. Yeah. Uh, that's non-English, I, I guess is what they're calling it. And the second update was called Better Handling of Flow Fields. And that really all that does is fixes the issue that happened when you tried to edit multiple rows uh, in a list that included full flow fields in Excel. I know nothing really of flow fields. Maybe you do. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't use them too much. Yeah, flow fields. So when, when, when people say a flow field, a, a good example of a flow field is the if you look at a customer record and you see their balance that they owe you uh, that number right is not actually stored directly on the customer record instead it's a it's a calculated value that looks at all the customers receivables entries and it sums them all up and says okay here's all the remaining amounts due on all these entries here's your balance um, so this just this this update just improved some edit in Excel features re relative yeah. to if you had a list with a lot of flow fields on it. I think Probably how that error out worked. Yeah. So um, gotcha. Next up, support authentication of this SMTP connection using OAuth uh, 2.0. Uh, this is really just Business Central keeping up with the digital Joneses. Because a lot 3.0, right, is, is the standard for authentication now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, right. It gets, yeah, connecting and authenticating using a secure method uh, and making sure it's all compatible, right, and, and working and fully functioning. Yeah. yeah. Then they also added a couple uh, or one uh, telemetry. Uh, so it's called extension lifecycle life telemetry, includes signal from dependent extensions. Uh, according to Microsoft, the Business Central server will emit telemetry. Uh, about extension lifecycle events such as successful or failed installations for dependent extensions. Uh, I don't really nerd out too much on the business central telemetry, so I don't get too excited about about this yet. But yeah, I mean, do. really, I mean, when 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 you hear people say the word telemetry um, in regards to business central and updates and and and, and activities, it's really um, providing data behind the scenes to allow Microsoft to either maybe troubleshoot an issue or even analyze that data in order to improve the product. So maybe it's maybe the telemetry data isn't really uh, something that has anything to do with an issue, but but they can analyze that and look and see how people are using the system, how often people are doing certain types of things or certain events are happening so that they can analyze it and then improve the product, either by right. making it more uh, secure or uh, whatever it is, better visibility to certain things for users. Yeah, and this one seems like it would be definitely helpful because it's for uh, you know telemetry for successful or failed installations uh, for dependent extensions. I know that yeah, you know it's top of mind for a lot of people. And, yeah. and better troubleshooting. Exactly. Yep. exactly. All right, next up is edit active prices and prices overview and implement price changes using price worksheet. Ken. You get to take it away for this one. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, so so this is, uh, has been a big uh, topic of conversation uh, here recently, uh, and that is that 
um, there have been some pretty significant changes to to pricing and how price sales prices for customers if you have pricing tables how those tables can be updated and, and managed and maintained and i think you know if you if you were running nav 2016 or nav 2018 or even an older version of business central and and um you know and now you upgraded to the latest version of business central online i think you just we just want to make people aware that there have been changes and improvements to how prices are managed. Um, I think for, for now, you know, that's probably going deep enough on it. Gotcha. Um, but but it is one of the areas where, um, you know, if you're not paying close attention, you know, you just assume, oh, well, yeah, I know how pricing works and I know how it's worked for years. Um, no, take another look. And, and look at some of the last couple of releases, especially this last release now, and, and some of the changes and improvements that they've added and, and how you how easily you can maintain pricing. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to a, a Microsoft page where Microsoft basically does a deep dive on this and and uh, provides us with a lot of uh, a lot of information. All right, next up, I believe this is the last feature update and it's uh, probably be a popular update among people. It is send documents as emails with any attached files automatically added as email attachments. So business central documents such as orders or invoices can include attached files that are related to the process. Uh, with this update, when you send an email based on a document, the attached files can be included finally in the email. Uh, this is going to improve efficiency and make the process of sharing, you know, related information a lot smoother. Yep. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know what what people have come to expect now is that if I've created a purchase order and I want to send that to my vendor, I can just click a button yep. and it will send a copy of that PO to the vendor. Yeah. Right. That's kind of like the the basic expectation. Yeah. Right. For what people want to do, uh, there are some other features where you can actually assign a specific purchase order document template mm -hmm. to that specific vendor yeah. um, and and now when when you hit email because you want to send that purchase order to your vendor um, or maybe you want to send a sales quote to a customer or an invoice to a customer right any any document um, the, the bar is being raised right well I also want to embed a, a standard template in the email so I don't so the body of the email has a standardized template that's now available. You can go in and in your document layouts, you can create a, a custom email body. And, and you also, in addition to attaching the document itself as a PDF to the email, you can go and you can attach additional files. So maybe, for example, if you're, for example, if you're sending a quote to a customer, um, maybe you also want to send a terms and conditions document or a, pri a catalog or a pricing worksheet or or something else with it right a flyer or a promotional yeah. a promotional document or something so now uh, you can add add those additional type documents to an email uh, when you're sending that off to the customer yeah i mean you know with the technology or how fast the technology is evolving with microsoft and all the integrations and whatnot frankly i guess i'm a little bit shocked that it took this long for this feature to come to the forefront yeah but you know i don't i don't know the back end as well as 
Well, the engineers do. So, it, it, so it, than... you know, it's interesting. It's like some of these things, like some of the things that the, it gets really gray in terms of what features were there already. What's the, what are the new features? What are the added capabilities? Yeah. Uh, right. Like like you could in version 17, you could go manually attach an additional file yeah. to a document. Right. Um, but I, I just want to you know present overall. These are the things that you can do because people who may not have taken a look at it too closely you know, don't even know that, yeah, it's, it. you can, you know, direct who you want to send the email to, what the subject line says, and what the e body of the email says, and I think that's huge, because if you're, if you have a whole bunch of users who are sending out documents via email, that becomes one of the primary ways that you're communicating with your customers, so I think it's important that you have a, a professional, consistent message Right. that gets presented to them when you do that. So instead of relying on each salesperson to type up their own email and write their own message, yeah. uh, now it's something that you can do within Business Central. Uh, so when the salesperson, other than maybe adding a little custom note, like you know, go White Sox or something to one of their contacts, yeah. uh, they don't have to worry about detailing all that information out. They, they, they have a template already set, they can just hit send, uh, again, presenting a better image of your company and also um, clear just, just a quicker, more efficient uh, way to do yep. things. All right. Did I miss any of the new feature updates or did I get them all? No, I think you got them all. And I, I guess, you know, one thing I just want to kind of point out, the version 18.1 is, is all these uh, uh, new features and, and these have been deployed in May. Yep. So they're they're already out there. Uh, and officially, right, this is still 2021 wave one, mm -hmm. right? Most of the things came out in April, but if you go out and you look at the release notes for 2021 wave one, you will see that there are certain features right. that Microsoft has scheduled for, uh, most of them are April, but some of them were May, and I think there's even a few that are September. over the next few months, Yeah, right? Um, so, so there are still a few more new features that are going to be coming out before. Here we here comes version 19 uh, in October, right? Yeah. Before that gets here, we'll we'll continue to have some new features and we'll try to keep you up to date on them. Somewhere along the line, though, there, one of these you know new uh, big updates can't be as feature packed as as all the others, right? They got a plateau somewhere along the line. You would you would think one would think, but. You know, so far they they'd be proving you wrong. They are big time. So speaking of updates and all that, uh, I came across this cool little chart on the Microsoft website that I've never seen before, and it's actually telling us when the next two updates will be. So, first availability of eighteen point two will be June fourth, twenty twenty one. The last update date for that will be June eleventh, twenty twenty one, and then eighteen point three will be July second, right before the. Uh, a long weekend and the last update will be july 9th so write it down we'll put it in the show notes but uh be prepared what else we got here for uh for notes yeah one of the things as we're talking about updates here uh that i wanted to mention as part of our shot segment uh is just the the fact that so if you're running business central online right you know that microsoft will they can notify you hey it'll release an update is, is coming up or they'll notify you if an update has been applied, or they'll notify you if an update has been attempted and for some reason there was an issue with it, maybe because of an extension or an app that you had. 
Uh, but one of the things that we saw in this recent deployment of version 18 is that some environments, um, users ran into security issues. And uh, mainly this centered around uh, organizations that had created custom permission sets for their users. So maybe they took away some of the standard permission sets and gave them some custom permission sets. And what happened was this new major release came out. It added some new features and report access or pages or code unit access or whatever to, to these roles that, that the users didn't have. So they have issues logging in once the updates were applied. Um, and, and then you have to go in and you have to modify your security settings and, and it can be frustrating, right? For people, you know, uh, that they, they weren't expecting to come in in the morning and not be able to access it sure. because of updates that Microsoft put on there, they yeah. can't get in and, and it's frustrating. So I just wanna point out that, again, I would strongly encourage everyone to make sure you're on the notifications list so you're getting an email when an update's coming out or is going to be available. And go in and create a sandbox that is a copy of your production environment. This is something you should be able to do in 30 minutes, typically. Uh, you create a new sandbox and then have some users log into that sandbox. Make sure they can log in, navigate around, and just do a couple things that they typically might do just to look for, for major issues uh, with the new release. No, I, I really can't see this type of a problem actually going away anytime soon, right? Just because Microsoft's always going to be modifying the base code and we really don't have access to it. So there might always be some sort of conflict with security permissions and, and, and what Microsoft changes. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's always that chance, right? I, well, I agree. I think it's not going away. Yeah. And, and, and here's why. Microsoft continues to add new features to Business Central. And so take a take a, uh, a page like the customer card, right? Or, cust or customer list, right? A list of customers. Something as simple as that. Um, if, if you have, have cust completely custom permission sets for your users on there, and now Microsoft adds a new feature to that list page. Maybe it's a new fact box. If if that that's a permission, permission, you know, you need a permission to access that new fact box. If your custom permission set assigned to your users doesn't include that, which it won't because right. it's getting added during the update, yeah. you're going to have a problem. Conflict. So the yes, to answer your question, this is not something that it can easily go away. Now, can Microsoft in future releases can they try to do a better job of maybe analyzing your permission sets before and seeing that you you may have a problem with some of your users to alert you ahead of time when they initially schedule the update? Yes, maybe I think they can. Um, it, it 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 may not be something that's super easy to do, as easy yeah. as it sounds. But what they're doing now, Microsoft, when they schedule an environment to be updated. They're actually running it through the upgrade cycle to pre-identify any potential issues. So I think that in the future, that that step could potentially look at the permission sets, look at the user records, and try to predict or uh, give you a heads up yeah, that you may not. have a permission issue with this user unless you add this specific permission to them. 
uh, going forward. It's pretty cool, right? One of the things I love about the cloud though, right? There's really only, what, three reasons why, maybe three reasons why you will never be able to access the cloud, right? To be able to log in, as long as you're licensed. Probably a web browser, security permissions, and I don't know, what's the other one? Uh, cookies on your web browser. So. The internet goes down. That too, that too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens very infrequently. <laughs> but. Which internet? <laughs> yeah. No. You put out that I, tip before. You don't have to back up. Uh, provider, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. Yeah, no. There, there are these are things that um, it, you know, there there are. The, look, the the ability to get all of the access to all of these features and new functionality every six months without having to do anything is an unbelievable benefit to companies. Yeah. So, in in my humble opinion, you know. It, it should be something that each company should be able to spend a little bit of time doing every once every six months. Go create a new sandbox, yeah. send the link to that sandbox to your users, make sure they can connect. Right. But they should be doing it anyway, right? Just to test the apps and, and, and it's, it's best practices, exactly. right? It, it's uh, you're getting all this value and all these benefits. I guess that would be the cost of it. Yeah. That that if you if you want to avoid a potential issue when that update happens spend a little time going in and testing it right or give everybody super permission there you go <laughs> make, yeah. make it real simple right uh all right last but definitely not least for news i have uh, a little bit uh information on the uh, user group summit texas that or summit that is coming up in texas in october ken and i recently did a podcast with the uh the lovely people from dynamic communities where they gave us a whole bunch of information on, you know, some that hasn't actually been released yet on Dynamics Community. So we will put a link to that in the show notes, but also stay tuned and, and, and pay attention uh, for that. Ken, are you excited about actually doing an in-person user group summit this year? Or what? I am so looking forward to it. I, uh, yeah, it's in Houston, October 12th through the 14th. It's a Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I got kind of a side note. I recently just went to my, uh, I went to a Chicago White Sox game uh, for the first time in a while. Yeah. Uh, with It was 60% capacity, approximately 20,000 people uh, at the game. And it was awesome. <laughs> I Just the, the crowd, the energy, yeah. right? People were excited to be there. Able to take uh, your mind off of everything, not worry it, about a pandemic. It was it was great, and and I I think the same thing. Even in October, I think that same feel is going to be there. I think uh, if you can make it in person, right? I think people see how much they miss, you know, the after doing a few of these virtual conferences. Um, there's definitely value in those virtual conferences, but but to to walk around and interact with people and network and talk at the expo and 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 actually right make yeah. create new relationships and yeah. and see what other people are doing um it's Just great interact with people and i love it and, the, and those sessions where you sit there and you're in the room and 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 a conversation starts between customers and yeah. users and helping each other use the system better it's speaking, great. speaking of sessions uh any plans on Leading a session or anything this year? Yeah, boy, I sure hope so. Yeah, uh, we submitted some some possible choices. Uh, we like uh, talking about Power BI and how it's integrated 
with with Business Central out of the box and how you can build your own ad hoc reports. Huge topic. Without doing any coding at all, yeah. right? Like low code, no code right. kind of type thing. Um, and then also, I think an interesting topic, uh, we'll see if this makes the list, uh, you know, who knows, there's there's a lot of great choices I know that they have to pick from, um, but but uh, a segment that's called uh, building a brewery <laughs> using jobs, manufacturing and assembly. Great. Using so, all three. Yeah. So we're going to talk about oh. um, what it, you know, that the. the the features that within Business Central of manufacturing, assembly, and the jobs module, and and how and when you would use each of those, and what the differences are, and what the similarities are, and we'll use the example of going through uh, building a brewery uh, as as part of that. And if and if I am not doing that as a uh, as a live presentation in Houston in October. We're going to do that certainly as a podcast here. All right. So one way or another, we're going to build ourselves a brewery. (laughs) Million dollar brewery. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, Anything else on on your end for for any news for Business Central or we cover it all? No, I I think we hit it all. Um, Just, you know, check out what's what's new. There's a and again, I would always recommend people give go to the, uh, the Business Central Ideas site to see what features is Microsoft currently reviewing and working on and planning on in upcoming versions. And, and that's an easy way for you to get a heads up on what, what's coming down the pipeline. And if you've got an idea, submit it. That's, a, that's absolutely good. All right, everybody, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for what comes next with a shot at Business Central and beer. Also, uh, if we don't get a chance to say it later at some time, just remember to uh, share this with a friend, subscribe to us on the podcast platform that you listen to us on, and uh, definitely give us a, uh, a good rating. We'd appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. As we end today's podcast, we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens, shares this podcast, and leaves us reviews. You've taken a good amount of your time out of your day, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks again. And uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode.